0: Connected Man in Washington WSB's Jamie Dupree He's on every day with Herman Kane. 11.06 a.m. every day Sponsored by Charter Communications On News 95.5 And AM 750 WSB We are a Why do you have any belief that you stand a chance to win this nomination, let alone the presidency? Most of the people that are in elective office in Washington, D.C. have held public office before. How's that working for you? Herman Cain, solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Happy 2016, and thank you for joining us, because we're going to tell you the truth and give you the facts to help make this a better United States of America. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Kane and the most connected man in Washington, Jimmy Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Happy New Year. Hey, happy New Year to you, Herman. It's off to a great start, thank you. And I understand that one of the first things on the agenda of the House of Representatives is a repeal vote on Obamacare.
1: Well, this is going to be on a bill and it won't happen until, uh, I think, tomorrow, uh, or no, actually, maybe Wednesday. Actually, it's going to be Wednesday. And this is on a bill that would repeal some, not all, of the Obama health law using this special expedited procedure known as reconciliation. Remember, there is only so much through that process that avoids a filibuster that you can do in terms of repealing the Obama health law. You can repeal some. Of the of the of the taxes that are involved in it, but you can't repeal all the but uh, nuts and bolts of everything involved in it. So, yes, that will be done later this week. It'll be sent to the president. He'll have to veto it. And it'll be the first time really that the Republicans have been able to try to get rid of a chunk of the health law, put that on the president's desk, and force him to say
0: no. It was the same pieces we talked about before the holidays, and that was the um, medical device tax. They were going to either sus- delay that. The Cadillac tax and that was one other one that they were going to delay.
1: Exactly. So it's a it's a number of the individual mandate, the employer mandate would be delayed in this and do some other things. But again, you cannot through this this expedited effort here, you cannot repeal the whole thing. Otherwise, you run afoul of the rules of the Congress dealing with this and you would not be able to then avoid a filibuster. So they're gonna send to the President as much as they can. They'll get their headline. Uh, but the president obviously will be able to veto it, and that veto will stick.
0: Ryan, Representative Ryan also mentioned that they were working on a replacement bill also, not just a repeal. Do you know who's working on that?
1: Well, I would assume that uh, a number of people like uh, Tom Price and others who've been working on right. these sorts of bills for a while. But, you know, I noted in the speaker's little uh, talk about that, that, yes... They may have a bill that they're working on, but they still don't have a bill that they're united on, on how to replace the Obama health law. And that's sort of been one of the, you know, the interesting sidelights of this for many, many years in battling about this is that the Republicans have a lot of ideas. It's not to say they don't, but they have never united behind one of them in terms of what they would like as an alternative, what they would do instead uh, after repealing the
0: Obama health law. I believe they're going to get united this time. I really do. I hear what you're saying and you you're right, but I think that they are going to get united this time because I think that's part of the criticism that they have been getting even from their constituency.
1: Yeah, I'm going to put me down as skeptical that we're going to have a vote this year <laughs> on something to on something to replace the okay. health law with. Uh, that, I just that's, think
0: that's S as in skeptical. Yeah, a big
1: capital S and you know, nothing against the speaker or anybody else. But the problem will be in the numbers in how you get to it, because it it will be very difficult to come up with a plan that works budget-wise. Because you'll have to get rid of a lot of the the revenues that are being brought in under the Obama health law and under the the weird technical aspects of the budget law. You'll have to replace those revenues, and that's not that easy for the Republicans. So what? Uh, I'll we'll see whether or not they actually bring I mean, not, To me not, it makes sense to bring stuff to the floor like this and actually vote on it real policy real ideas on what okay we don't like the health law so what you, would you do instead to replace it same thing when it comes to reform of the IRS code what would you do differently on taxes what would you change well how would you change it I think all those things by spurring those things and bringing them to the floor you provide a much better debate overall. Then if you just sort of say, yeah, I'm for that change, but uh, I don't really have anything to bring to the floor for a vote.
0: Well, see, you know, what you just said is the typical ploy of the establishment. First, you know, Obamacare was forced down the throats of the American people by the Democrats. Secondly, now they're going to use as an argument against putting something else in place. How are you going to replace all of those taxes that Obamacare was going to raise. That is a false, false phony excuse, in my opinion. Not a
1: false phony excuse. You know? It's the problem in the way the budget system is set up. I would say it's not the establishment, just the establishment. It's every Republican member. Because every, every Republican's got a different idea, and they haven't come together on it, whether it's the establishment or the Tea Party or whomever. I mean, they've all got to get on board on something, and so far, they have not come close to
0: doing I'm it. I'm talking about using as an excuse how you're going to replace those taxes. Those well, taxes you, never should have been there in the first place. Well, you I can argue understand understand you
1: but, but it's, it's, you know, that's the whole part and parcel of dealing with the change is that it, the the scoring from the CBO and the budget crunchers will not look good because of that for the Republicans, and it makes it all that more difficult in terms of repealing because you've got to find new ways to change that, or else if you have big deficits that come off of that, that impacts how that legislation can then be considered
0: in the House and Senate. That's why nothing ever gets fixed in Washington, but uh, yeah. I just think that uh, people are the sick. The Republicans and
1: have s- had a number of years to bring their own plan to the floor, and they still have not.
0: Well, I know they haven't, Jamie, but um, what I'm saying is it's not that they didn't bring a plan to the floor. Back in 2009, when they passed Obamacare, there was one that was brought to the floor. It just didn't get any coverage. And you are right. the It's Republicans, been seven years, though. Yeah, Warren, but, I mean. and, and you're right. The Republicans, they should have gotten behind one plan, and they didn't. But what I'm saying is, and I'm frustrated, and I know that a lot of people are frustrated. They're tired of these same excuses. And the Republicans are going to have to come together, or they're going to lose a lot of the enthusiasm that, that's out there by a lot of people.
1: They've got the chance. I I I just say that it's it sounds so easy to say everybody should come together and join together, uh, but it has not been simple on a number of
0: issues for the GOP in recent years. Clear something up for us relative to executive actions on yeah on um, on this whole gun issue because I think some people are confused about what that means and you've stated that unilateral moves relative to this do not need congressional approval. But there's only so much the President can do that would require congressional approval. yeah, What's again, the this difference? goes
1: into the implementation and the uh, of laws that are already on the books. Uh, the underpinnings for what the president seemingly is going to do on guns would go back, it looks like, from what my research shows, to the 1968 Gun Control Act that was passed in the wake of the, uh, the shootings of both Dr. King and Bobby Kennedy in 1968. In that, you get into the determination of how somebody is, quote-unquote, engaged in the business of selling, of manufacturing, um, or dealing in firearms. And so from what has been floated out so far from the White House this would not be a move to say every single like if you sell me a gun Herman it would not force me as a buyer to then get a background check though I would note in some states I want to say I read that in Pennsylvania if (coughs) if you sell me a handgun there must be a background check though if it's a long gun a rifle it there does not so there are some rules that are out there in the individual states but this basically is I think a way to sort of squeeze it and say okay if, our use, if you are selling a few dozen weapons a year, you know, maybe there'll be a certain number, or if you are making X amount of money from selling weapons during a year, then therefore you must register as a dealer. So... In that sense, there are rules that are already on the books through these laws that are being implemented administratively by the administration and by other administrations in the past. And so that is the change that is going to be made on who has to register as a dealer and, therefore, who has to go through the background checks when they sell a firearm.
0: As you indicated when we were talking about uh, the repeal of Obamacare, it'll get a headline. But I got to tell you, Main Street USA are going to look at that and they're going to take a big yawn and say, okay, well, what did it actually accomplish?
1: Yeah, see, again, it's a reminder. It's it's like with uh, other things that we've discussed over the years. You know, when you get down to this situation on uh, the the amount of what can be done by a president administratively, there are a lot of little things that can be done. But in terms of something brand spanking new, you, you I mean... Uh, theoretically, I guess you could uh, have an executive order that would start down the road toward background checks on all sales, but by reading the text of this law back in 68, I'm not sure you can go that far, and that's the right. reason why we haven't seen the administration float that. Instead, they're looking for ways to sort of say, okay... People who are selling weapons, whether it's a few dozen or a few hundred, you know, we'll have to see what the actual details are, but that they would be required to sign up and register as a dealer, even though that's not their main uh, business in life.
0: But this would eat up a week's worth of media attention with well, them I throwing mean, that out there.
1: It's it's a big deal. I mean, you know, obviously anything on guns is a big story. Whether you agree with what the president is doing or not, it's a big story that gets a lot of attention.
0: Are people in Washington starting to question whether or not Hillary will continue to be the front runner going into the caucuses and the primaries okay. as well as Trump?
1: Well, you know, I think you look at history. I mean, I I look at four years ago right now, and Newt Gingrich was the leader. Or you look at uh, eight years ago, Rudy Giuliani was the leader. You know, Howard Dean was the leader at this point in time. Hillary Clinton was the leader eight years ago at this time. So certainly there is a record there of the polls not being right or not the polls being wrong, but major change that occurs in the last, say, four, six weeks before the voting begins. Um, You know, I've seen some people sort of say that uh, if you look, you should look more at the state polls than the national polls right now. You know, I think there is a little to be said for that. You know, for example, in, in terms of strategy, right now, I think a lot of people look at Iowa and see that Ted Cruz, in many minds, may have an edge on Donald Trump. In Iowa, They certainly are doing something totally different. I mean, this week, for example, Cruz is on a a five, six-day bus tour. I think he'll make 27 stops around Iowa this week. You know, retail stops, shaking hands and everything, small little things. Trump is going to be in Iowa for one big rally on, on Saturday night. Now, that may work out for Trump. It may work out for Cruz. We'll have to see over the next four weeks who has the edge there. I don't think a lot of people see Hillary tumbling out. Uh, but I still think there are people wondering: Will the supporters for Trump actually turn out? Are they actually registered to vote? Are they actually registered to vote for the right party? That can be an issue in some states as well.
0: Right. What are you? Uh, what's your expectation relative to the Ben Carson campaign? A lot of the pundits are saying he's done. Uh, well, that's uh,
1: he has not been out on the trail in two weeks. So the last two weeks, he I mean, he's been doing a lot of behind the scenes work on his staff and they had a shake up and more. That's never really what you want right now. Right, Herman? I am not, Right I now agree, is not agree. the right time to be retooling. Yeah. Uh, how does he get back, you know, sort of in the mix? Well, if he can find a way to do it, the poll numbers need to turn around and turn around soon. But I I think a lot of people here, at least in D.C., sort of wonder if he is slipping out of that top tier and that that top tier really right now is only sort of Donald Trump, Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. Uh, Cruz, uh, I I would think that that uh, Carson cannot afford a bad showing in Iowa Uh, He certainly slipped in New Hampshire as well, and really the momentum is away from him in other states. He still has chance, though, and as again, I'll say, the polls four weeks out, sometimes what they show is certainly not what the voters decide.
0: I don't think it's all about how he has executed his strategy and his tactics, as he would say. I think it all goes back to after what happened in Paris and San Bernardino, it said we need somebody with a little bit more fire in their belly. And I think the three that are at the top of the Republican polls right now, I think they see more of that in them.
1: No, I think you're absolutely right, Herman. It'll be a real interesting next four weeks,
0: that's for sure. Well, we'll be watching. Thanks a lot, Jamie. See you, Herman. You're listening to The Herman Cain Show.